0: want to
1: be that crusher at work. You want to get your stuff done, but you also want to come home and be alive. And I, you know, i talk to my wife all the time. I want to infuse energy when I walk through the door. I don't want to bring work home. You know, I want to be that dad that's in there. Now we're wrestling, we're throwing each other around, we're playing, you know, it's as much needed, man. It's so, it's so important.
0: I think there is such, um, people miss out on when they're not intentionally immersing themselves in their kid's world. Like getting down, yeah. playing Legos with them, and just like totally being all about it. Like I'm talking like the characters, you know, like <laughs> they're like getting in on it. And it's like I think that's that's a serious thing because it's about being mentally present. But it's like you gotta it's not just turning your phone off. It's actually getting in and saying, like, I'm gonna actually like be engaged with you, and it's 100%. totally different
1: level. Yeah, 100%, man. I agree with you. And and they notice, right? Like, you're, my daughter can notice, like, if I'm not present, if I'm not there, or if I'm really, like, last night, we we took her to the park, and I just had this little thing, I don't know, where it popped into my head where I said, I'm a robot, programmed to hug you, you know, I just I'm just, like, chasing her around, being a robot, like, she's running, we're screaming, I'm hugging her, you know, and it, just, it was the best hour of my life, you know. But you can't do that if you're not present, if you're not really intentional about it. you know. So I yeah. 100% agree with you,
0: man. And how, how old are yours, Mike? So my oldest is nine. And then so it's nine, seven, um, four, and two. And then we got number five coming in. February.
1: Oh, my man. That's awesome. That's right. That, you're going to have five, man. That's, yeah. So you never sleep, right? Yeah, never sleep. <laughs>
0: It's funny though. It's like part of it gets a little easier, the old, like the, the more kids you have because they play so well together. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a lot harder in a lot of ways, but it's like the kids play well together and you know, they get out of that higher maintenance stage, you know, after they're like, you know, four plus, you know, like they're doing more stuff. They're more autonomous and it's great. I love it, man.
1: Yeah, there's nothing better, man. That said, <laughs> that said I think we're done at 5, but I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, you have got a basketball team. Why not just go for a baseball team? That's and get right, nine, That's you know.
0: Right. That's The right. <laughs> Bible says that um, a man is blessed and and having uh, having uh, children is like having arrows in a quiver uh, in in a quiver of a, of a warrior or something something to that effect. And so I googled what a quiver um you know, of arrows is and it's 10 and I was like <sighs> I don't know about that.
1: <laughs> there is, man. There's your answer. Sorry for your wife, but there's your answer, you know?
0: <laughs> oh, fortunately, she's the one that's wanting, you know, would want more kids than probably I would. But anyways, yeah, man. That's awesome. Man. Well, hey, Tyler, I want to say, like, thanks for being on, you know, Tyler Tot, to Tote, sorry, uh, on the podcast here. Dude, I, we first met on Twitter um, because you are like a... A cosmic beam of energy, man, and positivity. (laughs) And I just love, you know, everything that you do and just your message. And so I just want to say thank you for one for just totally amping me up every time I, I see a post from you.
1: Thank you so much, man. It's an honor to be on here too. You know, I've, I've watched a couple of your other podcasts and you're a guy that I love interacting with too, man. I mean, I think we got the kids thing. We got the faith thing. We got the hard work thing. We got the positivity. thing. So it's, you're a man that I just love interacting with Mike and it's, you know, I'm honored to be here. I'm humbled to be on man. So thank you so much. I appreciate that.
0: Awesome, man. Hey, um, I wanted you to tell your story a little bit. I know you're like a, you were a professional poker player for a little while, <laughs> Yeah, but I know you also had, have gone through, you know, some struggles in your past and your marriage and, and, and in, in your parenting and some of that stuff. And that's shaped who you are and the positivity you bring. And so, you know, I, I would love to hear that story for one. The other thing yeah. is, Ogie, I'm going to throw at you, cause I didn't tell you before this podcast is <laughs> I love, um, you you're always posting these videos or you're doing these workouts at this like outdoor gym place. <laughs> and yeah. I have this, I was wondering do you, about resources around just for dads to do workouts like that with that maybe don't have a gym membership. Maybe that's like, they just have a pull-up bar and like they're doing push ups and they're doing running. They're doing, you know, maybe they got a pull-up bar and a, a jump rope. I would and... love to like get your thoughts on like <laughs> what's a routine people can do. And maybe we encourage some dads to, to yeah, start that and,
1: the, the first thing man is, is, is why I love Twitter so much too man. And, you know we've connected through there but I, I was depressed the first week corona hit like I was really getting back into the gym and going strong and feeling great and having all this energy then corona hits and it closes right and I'm like well what do I do now you know yeah and then I just found I, I think you know him Jack Colson on Twitter as well and he's a really big bodyweight guy JT Jerry Texera is another guy so I just started following these guys and these guys are beasts, you know. And the cool thing about Twitter is they'll interact with you, you know. They'll just talk to you. You can ask specific questions and they'll they'll holler back at you. And so man, I learned so much. The best $27 I've ever spent was on Jack Colson's ebook and I got a whole list of workouts, bodyweight workouts. And so yeah, man, you don't need any equipment. That's the cool thing. Like I have a pull-up bar and and that I'm in the best shape of my life right now and it takes 35-45 minutes uh, four or five days a week. And that's it, you know, so if, if you're dead and you think, man, I don't have time because there's a lot of times I still don't go to the gym, probably four days a week. I do the body weight workouts here at home, mm-hmm. just in my garage or we got a couple walk down where there's pull up bars and, and cool places to do it outside. But, yeah, I'm just doing little circuits, man, where I'm doing high knees. I'm doing planks. I'm doing pull ups. I'm doing, you know, just creating little circuits that I do that, man, after 40 minutes of that, just my energy level goes from here to here and I'm ready to conquer the day, you know?
0: Yeah. And it, I think I'm I'm big on like involving your kids in the workouts too. I mean, oh, I yeah. mean, I've portions of videos you've seen, but it's like <laughs>
1: those are my favorite.
0: Man, <laughs> <laughs> those are fun. I think it's because it's kind of like we're doing this. I mean, you're making a decision. Yeah. I think that's part of, and I, that's what I've seen with you. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't have time or I need to do this. It's like, I, I mean, I tell my kids, I'm like, no, we're going for a run. Get on your bike. I'm I'm throwing the the youngins in the jogging stroller. The older two are riding their bike. It's like this is not a, it's not a question. It's a statement. Yes. And and it's showing that, hey, we're devoted to fitness. I'm not going to push them to run or bike 20 miles. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying, hey, we got to do this. We're doing this. And, and you know what, Tyler, every single time they might whine, but like we get down the road and they're, they're, they're having a ball, you know, they're like looking at stuff. It's like.
1: And, and it's, it's the most amazing thing that you're so right man that's 100% true and and my daughter it, when I started doing the circuits in the garage I posted a bunch of videos and pictures dude we go out there at least a couple times a week now we she picks the music so we got you know Shakira on there we got whoever it is you know Call Me Maybe I work out to that all the time cuz that's her favorite song but dude we're out there together you know she's doing planks daddy, look at me. Look what I can do. You know, I see daddy doing burpees. I can do burpees. You know, it's, just amazing to, to be able to give that gift, you know? Yeah. And it's something my parents established. into me, my dad's really big into fitness at, at 63. He's still running 10, 12 miles. He's still lifting every other day. He's biking, you know? So he gave me that gift, you know? And I feel like as, as a man and a leader of your family, you need to be able, that's to be priority one. You know, everybody wants their children to be healthy, right? Like no parent would say, Oh, I hope my kid ends up. Really overweight and unhealthy with a lot of disease. You know, nobody wants that. So it's on us to pass that on. You know, and it's amazing. It's like you said. You know, it, the funniest thing is, you know, I've been walking barefoot a lot. I've been doing this now for a couple of weeks. Zach, before. almost style, me. Yeah, <laughs> Zach, it. almost style. So I get home from work and we usually eat dinner as a family. We share wins and then we go for a family walk, right? Just a couple miles around the neighborhood. And I just take my shoes off. Nobody said anything about it for a few days. Now my daughter, just without saying anything, she takes her shoes off, you know, and it's just, that's, that's the thing about being a dad and a parent that I know, you know, is it's the most amazing gift. Your kids are always watching you. They're always looking to you. And so, you know, it's one thing to say, Hey, go, go do fitness, go do this. You know, Mm. it's another to lead by example and to involve them in it and to make it a really fun family thing. And that's what I tell a lot of people I talk to just make it fun. You know, 10 minutes of you dancing with your kids, doing a fun little workout Dude, they're going to remember that their whole life, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's a, but it's a, you know, the leading by example is a double-edged sword too. Cause it's like, if you're, if you're not doing that, you're also teaching them that, or you're, you're doing things like, say you're always on your phone. It's like, they're going to want to be on a screen. Right. You know? And 100%. It's like, yeah. You gotta have that. I'm not, I'm not a Nazi about that, but it's like. You got to be cognizant of that.
1: One hundred percent. I say all the time. I I just you know I wake up every day. I'm a routine guy. Just did my gratitude journal, and I right before this, I, I gratitude almost every day. I write that Tinley makes me a better man. She does because I'm cognizant of that every single day. And of course I mess up. We all mess up, right? But it's like I know she's looking at what I eat. <laughs> the way I talk, the way I talk to myself, the way I talk to her, the way I talk to my wife, the way everything, you know, how I talk about my job. Do I get to, or do I have to, you know, mm. Tinley, she's watching all these things. She's old enough now. And so there is some pressure that comes with that, but it's also such a gift in it. I'm grateful for it, man, because she literally makes me better every single day, you know, that's and that's awesome. what fatherhood has done for me. and It's been, it's been amazing, you know?
0: Yeah. So you had two, right? Two girls, right?
1: Yeah. We got a uh, we have one that's our own, and then we have a five week old who, if I look tired, man, it's because I was up to about one a m with her. <laughs> last night we're fostering right now, so we wow. went through fostering, and uh God willing her her mom has given up six children before and kind of has no interest in in her, so we hope to get to adopt her, man, but it's some uh, an aunt or an uncle or somebody could always pop out of the woodwork, but yeah, um yeah,' that's, that's we're awesome. fostering her right now, so yeah we we, we love her man
0: yeah <laughs> that's a that's a that's definitely like a calling something you got to, It's it's a whole different animal? You know, I, I have some friends that have fostered even a little bit older kids, you know, that are three, four, even, even older than that. And it's like, that's just a whole nother set of challenges, you know, that you deal with and. So I, my, I,
1: I applaud my you, wife. My wife is a saint, man. And I just, I married somebody that's a thousand times better than me. She makes me better. And it's when she approached me about fostering a couple years ago, I said, no, <laughs> no chance. I gave her a hundred reasons why we're not doing it. Not my heart. I'll wear my heart on my sleeve. I'm going to fall in love with this kid and have to give him away. No way, you know, no chance. Uh, and then I felt God just tugging on me and tugging on me. And I, you know, we talked about it. We, we want to be kingdom givers. and And she said, you know, What's the best way we can truly change the world is one kid at a time. You know, giving one kid a bunch of love at a time. And so she talked me into it now I'm all in, man. We're probably going to yeah. end up with like 10 kids like you, you know, That's because we <laughs> we've already got plans for a second now. We you know, we've opened up another bed for a second. So
0: That's great. Yeah, we're
1: we're all in on it now, man.
0: Or orphans and widows, my man. Orphans and widows. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's right, man. Hundred percent. That's what we're called to do.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, tell me a little bit about your story, man. Um, I'd love to hear about some of your journey to get to the point where you're at. Um, you know, it's not always great talking about like failures, but I know you have a lot to share in the way of wisdom in how maybe you didn't do it right in the past. And that's one of the things I love talking with dads about because mostly just from sharing wisdom so that, you know, newer dads can can avoid some of those those things and and as a way to reflect to say, hey, you know, I'm yeah. I'm being cognizant of where that might be and in, creep in the future, you know? So
1: hundred hundred percent, man. I'd say when we I was pretty into fitness. Um I was certified trainer back in the day. Then we had our first daughter <laughs> a little over five years ago. And at the same time I went back to school full time because I dropped out to play professional poker before that, done really well. But then we have a family and it's you know, I don't want to be in Vegas you know, when we were living in Illinois half the year and traveling. So I go back to school, I take a steady job at a bank. I get promoted really quick. And, and within a year and a half, I'm running that whole bank. Um, so now I'm working six days a week. I'm working 45 hours a week on top of going back to school on top of having a newborn. And it just crushed me, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't eat the right things. I didn't, I stopped working out completely for about 14, 15 months. And I did it. With this sense of I'm gonna be selfless, right? Like I see my wife struggling with a newborn. I love my daughter Tenley to death, but she was the worst baby in the entire (laughs) world. I mean, I didn't. I loved her, but I didn't like her for about the first eight or nine months. She just all she did was scream for about eight or nine months. Now she's like the easiest kid ever. But man, our our first was
0: like that. Man, our first was like that. He just screamed all the time, and it was just like like bedtime was like a nightmare. You would like. Oh man, it's like a blur. It's honestly a blur. Yes. I feel you on that, man. I feel you.
1: You have so much anxiety would be building up because of the second we bought sleep suits. We bought this penguin suit that was supposed to show she couldn't move her arms. We we spent everything we could try and get to get her to sleep. And she never slept, man. She just she just screamed for 15 hours a day for eight months, you know. But it's weird. (laughs) I'm sure
0: Tilly's like this. Like my my first one, like he it he's like a totally like laid back kid now oh. like it's so strange how you would have I would have thought he would be different you know with that you know attitude but it's not yes. it's like no he just he's the easiest like 18 months in he was like totally different
1: we, yeah, she never had terrible twos. She's the most compliant child now. You can tell her, hey, Tenley, please do this. And it, she doesn't ever talk back. She's the greatest kid. But yeah, for whatever reason, man, she was a terrible. We tell her all the time, like, you know, you, were, you were a terrible baby, man. You're the greatest kid ever now. But mommy and daddy didn't sleep. <laughs> so we were we were going through that, man. And I just, I, you know, trying to be selfless and, and be this this good husband, I thought, well, it's selfish of me to take an hour a day, you know. So I quit. I didn't do a gratitude journal ever. I didn't do declarations. I didn't, I just woke up and tried to help. And then I went to work really stressed out. And then I ate terrible food at work because I was really stressed out and I never put any time to myself. Then me and my wife's marriage just really started struggling, man. It hit the rocks. Uh, We weren't connecting. It was, you know, did you load the dishwasher? Did you do this? We never set aside time for ourselves just to, to do the things we needed to do to connect. And so I look at it, and a year and a half in, man, I'm—we're on the brink of divorce at this point. You know, we, we're sleeping in separate rooms. It's—it's it's hard to say, looking back. You know, we just—we never took time for ourselves. She didn't, I didn't, and I think we both did it when we started talking about it. She tried to do things that filled me up selflessly but she never filled herself up first. Mm, yeah. And I would try and do things for her. Hey, I'm doing the laundry over here. Why are you yelling at me? You know, yeah. but she didn't want me to do the laundry. You know, she needed me to to be alive and to and to be able to be my best self so that I could pour into her. And so once we we hit a little counseling patch and we really got to the bottom of things and we realized if, if we don't fill ourselves up first, then we have nothing to give each other and we have nothing to give our child. We have nothing. To, I, I was a shell of myself at work, you know, I'm going into work and I'm, I'm so drained. I'm eating four donuts a day. <laughs> I'm just trying to get through the day. Yeah. And I remember saying this all the time, even to my employees, it's only two o'clock. We just got to get through the day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And looking back on that, man, geez, now i just spring out of bed and it's like, dude, I can't wait to tackle this day. You know, like yeah. we never get this day back. Let's go. It's a gift, you know, but it's such a mindset shift and it starts with the daily routines and what, how you're really speaking life into yourself, you know? but I didn't do that for 18 months. I didn't lift weights. I didn't, you know, maybe go for a jog a couple, once a, every couple weeks or something, but I just never intentionally put that time into myself. And so I had nothing to give. I had nothing to give my wife. I, you know, I was still a pretty good dad. Cause I just, you know, you can lay tenderly on your chest and watch a football game when she's that old, but I just had nothing to give anybody else. And so that was the big shift for me, man, is realizing if I can just, it's waking up an hour earlier. That's what I do now. You know, um, I wake up an hour earlier and I put that whole hour into myself. I, I journal gratitude. I pray. I talk to God and then I work out. And then at that point, I've bettered myself, you know, mentally, physically and spiritually. And then my girls wake up and they got an on fire dad and an on fire husband who's just ready to tackle the day. But if I wake up and I ah, play on my phone, I'm anxious, I'm, you know, and then then the whole day starts, you know, then. My daughter needs something. My little one needs something. My wife needs something. My work needs 50,000 things. Then it's the stress and the anxiety and it's, you know, so to me, it's, it's all about really being intentional and and getting up early. And and that was the whole difference for me that that's all, that's what did it, you know? And, And then of course, working out, man, you, you know, you just got energy, man. Energy creates energy when you're working out a lot and you're feeling good and you're being healthy, you're putting the right things in your body. Well, you got a lot more energy to play with your kids to, to be that light at work that can motivate people and, and, and feel a lot better, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I, I think it's so interesting. I mean, I can relate a hundred percent. I almost made a joke like, nah, i never had that happen before, but <laughs>
1: <laughs> we've I talked can, a little yeah, bit before. So yeah, I would I, call you out on that. <laughs>
0: that's right. I, uh, I definitely agree with having gone through those that like cycle you know, probably multiple times, (laughs) but, um, it's interesting how it starts out with good intentions. Like you're strapping, you're, you know, you're throwing on the Superman cape. You're like, Hey, I'm going to be the Superman dad and I'm going to sacrifice. And so the intention is good. You know, you're, you're, you think you're doing the right thing, but it breeds ultimately resentment on both sides, you know, and that's dangerous. Like that is toxic because that's like a cancer that I think gets in there. And like you said, I mean, it gets you to the brink of divorce and then it's like, then that's a whole nother beast, you know? And, and I think, man, I, I, I love like I said, I, I love all the energy you put out and it's interesting to me how people probably watch that and they're like, oh yeah, he's just got, he's just naturally energetic, you know, he's just just one of those guys. And it's like, right. right, There might be truth to that, but I think, like you said, energy creates energy and the more you invest in yourself, the more you are excited, the more you have that well, the spring to give, you know, to other people. And man, I can't agree more.
1: 100%, man. It, that was a cool like takeaway that we took when we started like counseling. We went to counseling for maybe like six, eight sessions. And our counselor said on day one, she goes, Oh, you guys are going to be easy. She goes, I see this all the time. You're both good people. You have good intentions. You want to help each other. You're just not doing it the right way. you know." Mm-hmm. And she's the one that kind of pointed us towards, you got to fill yourself first. You know. And so now, you know, and this has been another just thing that I've learned so much on from Twitter. It's Fit Founder, Dan. And, Dan Go, and he just yeah. has this, he, was, yeah, oh man. Yeah. Yeah, oh, he yeah. was on yours. Yeah. You got. How listen do I, I not know this? Yeah. Oh Send man, I link. can't wait to listen <laughs> to this. Oh, this guy has so much wisdom. He has just bettered my marriage so much because, oh, I can't wait to listen to this man. But yeah, he, he talks a lot about setting goals as a couple and dreaming as a couple and auditing those goals as a couple. And so my wife and I now, man, we hire a sitter every single week. We take three to four hours where her and I take a long walk and a swim and we just hang out and we we intentionally connect and we talk about what fills each other up, how we can do that more, how we can make sure we're getting filled up first, all these things. And it's, it's made all the difference in a marriage, man. You know, all the things that we were lacking, you know, that that, that just made such a big difference for us.
0: Yeah. And, and kind of like some of the stuff that you said where, you talked about putting on the kind of the Superman cape and you're trying to do all these things. The other person almost becomes the focus of your marriage. So one thing that I feel like I'm still learning a lot is not having the kids as the center of your marriage or not even Mm -hmm. your spouse as the center of your marriage. Like, I mean, I think both of us share a common faith with having God as the center of your marriage, but it, it's kind of like you, the more you focus on those things, it seems like the worse it gets, if you're focusing on them primarily, if you're saying, yes. no, I want to, and and this is a careful balance. Cause you don't want to be overly selfish, right? If, if Tyler, if you're like, yeah, I'm no, I'm going to train for a, the ultra marathon and I'm going <laughs> to have to run four hours a day. I'm never going to see you. It's like, but I'm just gonna at myself. Well, that doesn't right. work. You know, Exactly, that like you said, the, the intention is true, but I think that's just where people get off base. Like they they just neglect that and instead say, Hey, you need to work on yourself because you need to be physically fit. You need to be emotionally fit. You need to be spiritually fit um, or else you're not going to do a darn thing with, to anybody, you know, anyone, anything but destruction, yep. you know? Yep.
1: And, yeah. 100%. And and I know like, I don't, I would ask you this cause I notice when I, when our marriage will get off course for even a couple days or whatever, I always notice it always goes back to me where I'm not leading in the way I should. I'm not leading us in prayer. I'm not, we're not reading scripture together. Like we normally do. We're not watching sermons. We're not, you know, we, we, you know, you get off course for a couple of days and then I always notice it when we don't put God actively in the center in our marriage, nothing makes sense for us. You know, mm-hmm. that's our core. That's what we go to. Our marriage is blessed under the one true God. We say it together all the time. Nothing can shake that because he's in the middle, you know? Yeah. And so yeah, whenever we turn away from that for a couple of days, you just get busy, whatever it is. I notice that's when we struggle. You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Couldn't agree more. I mean, that is that is 100% true. Um, well, we pretty much covered
1: everything, man. We solved all the problems. Yeah. <laughs> the, world's, the world's at peace, man. <laughs> you know what I'm going to listen to today when I go work out after this is you and you and Daniel's yeah, podcast, man. Right. 100%. Right. I can't wait to listen to that. That dude has so much wisdom.
0: Um, So... So tell me a little bit about the, the marriage counseling aspect and, and they talked about, you know, setting goals for yourself or, you know, working on yourself, setting goals as a couple, or you kind of talked about some of that, you know, if someone is listening to this and they're at some, they're in the spectrum somewhere of dealing with that craziness, right? Like they're in that crazy cycle, I think is someone coined that term. And what's the, what's the breakout? I mean, what's the, what are some of the baby steps that they can do in your mind, you know, reflecting back on some of that, that craziness to say, you know, is, is it just calling the counselor? I mean, is that or it's like, what else do you do? You know,
1: a couple, couple big actionable things is, is number one, take ownership 100 percent. So my biggest thing was I would I would blame my wife just doesn't get me, you know she doesn't understand me she does you know, I look at me, I'm doing all these things and she doesn't get it. She's thinking the same thing, you know so number one, you always look inward first and my wife and I now when we have a disagreement it's really funny because we're talk and it's like um so I didn't communicate that well enough, you know I, I didn't communicate that that was important to me enough. so it, it's it's cheesy but over communicate, of course, and then take ownership for every part of your marriage. so if my wife is not, if if going and seeing friends is really important to me but you know she needs me to do this i need to communicate how important that is to me hey i'm really extroverted you know we've been we've been cooped up with covid for 3 months i need to go out and be around 5000 people because that's who i am you know i need i need to communicate that in a way to her where it's out in the open she knows how important it is to me and it's on me to do that you know i read the book extreme ownership by jocko yeah, willick that was really big in my marriage i know it's it's not a marriage book per se but it really hit me big. And that was an actual thing for me of, I'm never going to blame her for anything. When our marriage isn't working, I look inward. And now she does that too. And that's just huge because when we struggle a little bit, well, now she's reflecting and saying, what can I do better? How can I communicate to Tyler better? And when, and I'll do the same. And then we come to each other with that mindset and it's so much different. And then another big thing, man, is, is for men. This is huge. This was the biggest light bulb for me that I just—I. It's changed our marriage 100, percent. and I still fail on it all the time. I failed like three weeks ago on it. I got a thread coming out on Twitter about it actually. Uh, but uh, you know, when you get get in that little crazy cycle, and and your wife brings something to you, our first our first instinct as men is we get defensive, or we fix it real quick. And there's this really good me. little that's
0: not me. That's never happened. How dare you even insinuate <laughs> that, you, Tyler? i'm offended (laughs) sir
1: (laughs) but it it is it is the first first instinct of me is just to say really defensive well look what i do for the family i do all this and i do all that and you know how can you come at me with this she just wants to be heard you know and that to me this was a light bulb that my counselor told us there's this really good video on youtube called the nail in the head have you seen that
0: oh yeah i've seen that yeah yeah yeah.
1: it's so amazing Oh, you put that in there, man. It's so amazing, and it's it's this wife that comes. She has a big nail on her head, and all she wants is for her husband to hear her, and empathize with her. And it, and and so I started really studying this a lot more when I got this principle. And if and if you observe like five or six women around each other, right, having a conversation, what they will do is the first mom will say, "Oh, my daughter is just so hard. She's crying at night. I'm keeping up the dishes. I, it's so hard to keep up." Then the next mom will be like, oh, I know, sister, my girl does this. My son does this. It's so hard, you know, then the next and they'll go around in a circle. No problems are solved, but they're all heard. Hmm. All the women are, are they're validating. They're acknowledging the other one. I share these problems with you. That's how women tend to share life together. Men, dude, if I got a problem, I say, hey, Mike, I got this problem. I want to learn how to work out better. What you got for me? Hey, Tyler, I got this. I fixed it. You know, I'm good. Hey, thanks, brother. Let's go. You know, that's the difference between men and women, right? Men are fixers by nature. So when my wife comes to me, I want to give her a fix. Hey, do this. Ah, you're doing it wrong. Do this, you know, but that was, that's how I did marriage for the first few years. And now once I've realized she brings something to me, she does not want me to fix it. She does not want me to, va- she just wants me to validate it. That's it, she wants to be heard. That's how she shares life with me. Mm-hmm. And it's also a hack because now instead of us going back and forth for two or three days about this thing, I've listened, I've validated, I've acknowledged her. And now it's like, it's checked, it's off her bucket. She She knows that I'm there for her, that's how she shares life. And it's like we move on to the next thing, you know, where we used to get stuck on these little things for days and weeks and months because she all she wanted was for me to validate her and acknowledge that what she's doing, you know. So to me, that was the biggest takeaway for men. If you're listening to that, don't get defensive, don't try and fix it, <laughs> just acknowledge and validate.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's a lifelong lesson that you got to learn. Oh, <laughs> I still keep it constantly every every constantly. month, you know. No, I yes. I hundred percent. I'm I'm with you on that. It's funny that you say that because like the start of this podcast, I asked you about you know workout tips. You know to it's like I, I just want an action plan, man. Just tell me how yeah, to work of out. Of you know, Like
1: and, and it's I, like, hey, I don't want to, I don't even hear me. I just just give me the three steps, man. That's it. When when men talk, that's how we do. You ever listen to a group of men? A guy will tell a problem. A Couple guys will give them solutions, and we go, and that's it. You know. Yeah. But if you really listen to how women communicate, is so different. You know, yeah. and it's it's mind blowing to me because I sit that stresses me out. I'm like nobody fixed anything. You know. Yeah. But they don't care about that. They just want to be heard. They want to be validated, you know? yeah,
0: well, that's great, man. No, I think that's a huge piece of advice. that's that's a that's a fundamental foundational piece of marriage advice that definitely fixes a lot of issues.
1: <laughs> oh, it's huge. It really is, man. It's really huge. Yeah. And then you know too, when your marriage is on fire and your marriage is good, it's so much easier to pour into the children when you when you have that that rock first, you know, and and you mentioned too, not putting the kids as everything. Me and Annie talk about that a lot. Like our kids are going to be gone someday. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's really me and her and our mission, you know, and we let our kids know that like it's, it's mommy and daddy are going to connect, you know, we're getting a sitter for this week because it's important for mommy and daddy to have that time, you know, yeah. kind of laying that out for them. I want, I want my daughter to be in a great marriage someday, you know, so I want her to, to lay across that time too.
0: Yeah. And, and to realize in that scenario how much is caught versus taught, you know, like holistically more is caught than taught, but it's like, listen, your, your kids are probably going to have the marriage you have to some degree. I mean, obviously not a hundred percent, but they're going to learn so much. And one of the things my wife and I talk about is that I don't mean to dog on my parents, but they had a pretty good marriage. But one of the things they didn't really do is resolve conflict in front of us. Um, so when I saw them fight, that was always viewed as a hyper negative, right? So like early on in our marriage, especially learning how to fight or how to discuss something and actually work through it was important. Yeah. To us. And I didn't realize this, right? Like that we, it came through us kind of talking. And I'm like, I realized this was never really modeled to me. So it's like, my parents are gonna have a fight and then they're going to go in the other room or they're going to work it out you know, somewhere else. So it's always this negative connotation of an argument, but I never see a resolution. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, I just want to, you know, I just want to not do that. And by yeah. my nature, I'm a I'm in avo- a conflict avoidance. Like I just want to, everyone to like me, kind of like my personality. So then that plays into it. Right. So even right. Like unlocking that and saying like, Hmm, that's okay. That just was my experience. Right. So I just have to be cognizant of that, especially when I want to avoid a conflict or, you know, I'm adverse to like working through it or talking through it. It's like, Hmm. So all that to say, you know, thinking about how, okay, how are we modeling this for our children and what are they seeing? What are they picking up on here? You know how am I talking to my wife? How am I loving my wife? How am I serving her? They're gonna yeah. see it. You don't gotta explain that to them. They see yep. it. You know what I mean?
1: Man, I can relate to that one. You just that was like fifty-seven great pieces of nuggets. And number one, how can anybody not like you, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, man. <laughs> the nicest human being in the world, man. But now my my parents too. They had a great childhood. Everything was awesome, but they didn't fight in front of us. They sheltered us from all that. It it was a very negative thing. I, I remember them not speaking for, you know, a couple days at a time here or there and you you remember that stuff as kids and so you you really always want to be cognizant about that. Everything you said there, man, I'm 100% that you know my tendency is to avoid conflict too. That's something I've worked really hard on the last 3 or 4 years and I notice in a marriage especially if you avoid it, man, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then few months down the road you're fighting but you're not fighting about that one issue. Now you're fighting about seventy-two issues and you're going back and all these things and that's why it's so important to deal with things head on. Like if you're in a good marriage, I think you're having disagreements every now and then, right? If you're in a passionate marriage, um, because you know I was divorced early on, man, and we didn't fight for four years. Yeah. Until she cheated on me and left. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, we never had one fight cause I just always said, yes, you know, yeah. uh, I, I had no backbone. We, we never had any conflict, you know, and, and you need that, you know, to have some passion in a marriage, you need that, you know?
0: Yeah. And I think that you said, you kind of said it a little bit under your breath, but you, you know, you don't have a backbone and I think that's an important thing. Um, so as you become a, a dad and if you, especially if you have a wife that stays at home, there's this, um, foreignness to your role just like kind of like your wife has her domain with the kids and like she's she's better at it I mean what women are just better at it that's just the fact it's better but it's different they're they're, you know they need both of those roles right but in in terms of like especially like zero to two um they're better at that level of care you know straight no question I don't think you and I would debate that I don't think a lot of men would debate that but yeah that creates an awkwardness where you're just kind of a helper and you you get into this mode of just saying yes and I'll just do whatever you say um and that carries over I think to other areas of the marriage where I think then you start to abdicate your leader role and not only is that not a good thing for your marriage I don't think it's a good thing for your like how attractive you are to your spouse like hundred kind of like yes they might not like the pushback but that's part of I mean women love a confident man you know what I mean like that's just 100%. that's just hardwired into them and you don't have to be a jerk about it you know
1: but it's serving like leadership Yeah, right? serving leadership yeah, it's like 100
0: and and i think that's not talked about enough obviously like in today's day and age that's probably you know they wouldn't they would say oh equal roles or whatever but that that is to me <laughs> We can get a whole topic about that, but yeah, I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole, it's toxic. Like it's so toxic.
1: 100%. Yep. 100%. And my wife tells me all the time, I I crave you to lead. You know, she's like, I make a thousand decisions a day. I don't really want a man who just, Oh, I don't know. I don't know why you decide you decide, you know, she craves me to lead. She craves when I insist that we're praying together. Let's get on. Hey, I see you're stressed. I bring her over. Let's get on our knees and pray about it together. You know, she wants me to lead like that, but it's a servant leadership, you know, and my wife knows, like, I'm the first to say, dude. I dropped out of college to play poker. She's got a PhD from Purdue. Like my wife is a baller, you know. She's <laughs> smart. I learn from her all the time, but but still, I need to lead my family, right? And, and so, and she wants me to lead my family in certain ways. But you said that it, it creeps over with a little one, you know. And I, even you mentioning that now, I, I realize I'm learning. I need to be a little more cognizant of that too, because zero to two, man. I'm just trying to keep them alive. You know, I, yeah. I, do I hold them like this? Do I do this? Do I, I don't, I don't know what to do. <laughs> you know, it's really fun being that dad when they get a little older, you just play. It's awesome. You know, but when they're really young, yeah, you're kind of, you have to ask your wife what to do a lot, you know? So you can't really let that creep over. That's, that's a light bulb for me right there. That's something I'm going to journal about probably right after this. <laughs> yeah. it's <Yeah. laughs> a good takeaway, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting. Like my dynamic, I'm the youngest of four. My wife's the oldest of eight. So we have that kind of going against us to some degree in that sense that she is, and she's a, she's a very like. I wouldn't say strong-willed because it has a lot of negative content. She's just a strong woman. You know, she's an amazing woman. But that's awesome. it's like yeah. she's the oldest, so she's naturally, you know, bent towards the one that's like, hey, I'm taking responsibility. I'm stepping up. I'm leading. And I'm like, I'm the baby of the family. I wasn't spoiled by any means. But it's like yeah. that's there's a natural birth order. There's, there's implications of birth order that na- naturally go against, you know, some of the things.
1: 100%. You know. So I was the baby too. I had an older sister and my older sister, I love her, man, but she was such a rebel. She just, she dated the, you know, the, the guys that probably weren't the best for it. And So my parents, by the time I came up, I just, I was easy. I was pretty compliant. I was the most spoiled kid in the world though. I had a grandma that lived next door that would, I could order whatever food I wanted. Whenever I wanted, she would bring it to me. I, and my parents spoiled me. It was, you know, so that, that took a lot, man. And And for me to really step up and be a leader, we moved about a year ago we lived back at home for the first few years of marriage. And I realized that was a crutch too. And I think that's a big problem in marriage that a lot of people don't talk about is we both live near our parents. And so sometimes when we had conflict, that would seep in, you know, I I would, I'm ashamed to even say this, man, like looking back, this is so terrible, but I would, Oh, mom, I, you know, here's what happened, you know? And and then of course your parents love you. They're going to take your side. Oh, well, she, you know, your Annie just needs to do that. And you know, looking back, gosh, I cringe when I say stuff like yeah. that. You know, our marriage needs to be us. You know, and it for us to move away now, that's that's made a big difference. And I, I do miss my parents on a certain level. We still talk all the time. We're close, but I've let them know since then that it, it was not healthy what we did. And I sent a long email to our family about eight or nine months ago saying, "You're out." You know, <laughs> like I love you guys, and we'll talk about these things, but these things are off limits because as a man in my marriage. I need to make sure this stuff stays in, you know, and it's just for me and my wife. There's a bunch of things that are just for me and my wife, you know?
0: Yeah. No, I think that's...
1: The the in-law thing is tough to navigate sometimes.
0: Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And I think it's, uh, I mean, obviously both of us are a little ways away from, but like thinking about, okay, what's, how are we going to equip our kids and be sensitive to that? And... Yes. That's... I, I can't even imagine that right now. <laughs> it's like it's kind of like the onus is on you to raise raise your children to be have good discernment for who they're choosing as a spouse. Um because I mean my wife and I agree with this is like once once they choose and they get married it's like you have to leave and cleave or cleave what you know like to be leave their parents and be united, you know, as as yeah, one two and come one. Yeah, and I think that that's kind of scary to think about to be like, well, how would they know, you know, how would they know to be able to pick that right person or, you know, you naturally want to help them. And it's like, you got to be hands off and it, that might be painful. I mean, it's, it's the, sure. it's the exponential version of like them falling off a bike and skinning their knee. It's like, you realize you, you got to take off the training wheels. They're going to skin their knee. That's fine. Yes. Learn, but it's like, that happens in marriage. I mean, like both of us have right. shared like journey where it didn't go the best, you know, it's like, You got to observe that and you got to not jump in. You know, you can't put the playing wheels back on because that's detrimental. You know,
1: my wife and I have talked about that a lot, actually. I know it's a long way away, but yeah, we've talked about that a lot. The kind of grandparents that we want to be. And and again, not to knock I have wonderful parents. She has wonderful parents. They've done so much for us. And it was our fault. Looking back, I take ownership of it because as being spoiled, I, you know, I live close to my parents. I would, I would go there and say, ah, we're struggling with this, you know? And, and again, I cringe when I say stuff like that, but I put the onus on myself for that. It wasn't really my parents trying to pry or trying to get in. Um, but that was just a crutch that we had. And that's a big tip that I give people who say we're struggling. Well, number one, nobody should know it, it, You know, a counselor or something is different. Take it to one best friend, a guy who can hear you or something, but your family should not be involved in this stuff.
0: You know? Yeah. I, I, 100% agree. <laughs>
1: um,
0: well, cool, man. I um, I think that wraps it up. I feel like we could talk for another nice. few hours though about it.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, man. Yeah, it's a, you, Again, uh, we'll probably be talking in like a couple. I'll be at the gym in a couple hours, and we'll be we'll be tweeting back right. and forth or something. I'm sure, man. I, I enjoy all of our interactions, man. It's been fun. I learned from you, and and just hearing you talk, man, you have a very clear sense of who you are, who you're gonna be, and I, I appreciate that. And I just that's my favorite thing about Twitter, man, is, is it's free, and I have learned a freaking thousand things, and I keep learning a thousand things all the time. you know? It's uh, amazing.
0: So I appreciate you, man. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate those kind words, man. And yeah, I'm with you. It's like if you use it right, you can use it wrong, but if you use it right, it, yeah. it's powerful. So oh man, well, I'll yeah. link you up in the show notes, you know, to, to your, your Twitter profile, but then some of those other resources that you shared, especially the nail in the head video. That's a great yes, one. Seen that, man, so. that was
1: a great Thanks one. Thanks for man. being on, man. Yeah. I appreciate it, man. It's just a really it's a blessing honor to have me, man. I appreciate you. And, and Mike, I, you know, I know we share faith. We share so much in common. So yeah, anytime. I look forward to chatting with you all the time, brother. Awesome.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to the two cent dad podcast and for taking your role as a father seriously and investing in your family. This show is made possible, supported by EC Group. This group has been scaling software teams since 1999. You can learn more at ecteams.com. As always, any feedback or suggestions or critiques um, for the show, maybe a potential guest, um, email me, mike at twocentdad.com. And to be sure that you never miss any great content that goes out, whether it's a podcast episode or anything else, then you have to get on the email list, and you can do that at twocentdad.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Mike Sudik, signing off.